When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. Um, folks, yeah, we're going to you know, kind of veer off a little bit from uh, some of the conversations that we typically have in the sense that um, the fellow that I've got on the show today, I'm, I, you know, I actually, I love this guy. I, I love what he's up to. I've gotten to know him relatively well. And you know, we've done a couple of things together and I'm very much looking forward to doing more work with him. Um, Jimmy Ferris is a Super Bowl champion, and I'll just kind of plant that seed right now because we're going to kind of go off of that uh, in some different directions. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily put him in the category of business leader in the way that you know, some of my uh, other guests uh, uh, are positioned. I mean, you know, John Mackey at Whole Foods and you know, Kip Tendall at uh, the Container Store. And that doesn't do anything other than say as a Super Bowl champion, he's got a perspective on what it takes to get to some of the levels that some of these people are talking about because he's already gotten there. So I, I just want to welcome you, Jimmy, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, I appreciate it, Blaine. It's great to be on. And um, I, I I love how you opened that. Yeah, you kind of framed it just right. I, I don't consider myself to be a business wizard at all. I'm just a guy that... Um, has some strategies and some tools to help people go to the, to the highest level. Um, and so that's really what I, what I love to impart. That's what I love to do in my speaking coaching training. And so anxious to have this conversation with you and see what comes up. Well, I, I am too, because, you know, when we first talked, one of the very first things that I uh, was intrigued by was the level setting that you did as you migrated from, you know, Pop Warner, we'll just go all the way back <laughs> to, to being a Super Bowl champion with, with, a, uh, with the Patriots. Um, and I'm going to put this in a, in a, in a business context because, you know, then the show is called The Soul of Business, but I'm, you know, we're quickly going to migrate away from a specific business conversation. I'm more interested in what I'm calling the soul, like, you know, kind of that spark that keeps things moving. When you hear the term the soul of business, what does that bring up for you? Yeah, as a, as a as a sports professional and also as a business coach. Yeah, for me, um, you know, when we talk about the soul of business, for for me, and I think this is, you know, where I kind of um, take the approach in a lot of my coaching um, is, you know, obviously most people are going to point to like profit, right? You have to make money, you have to profit, um, you have to be profitable in a business, or it won't survive. Um, my approach is always, what are you going to do with that? You know, what good are you going to do? What are you going to create, um, that impacts the world or the people close to you or the people that you love in some way? 
Um, I think it's great to have monetary and financial goals uh, personally and in a business. Um, but what I really want to know is, is what, to what good are you going to use those monetary financial gains and that profit in your business? What's the greater good that you're hoping to serve? And so that's what really comes up when you, when you use that phrase with me. Yeah. You know, I, I love, yeah, I mean, folks that are regular listeners to the show, they've heard me say this before. The, you know, the purpose of business is not to make a profit. The purpose of business is to enhance the possibility of thriving for all life on this planet. I love it. And if it's doing that well, I mean, you got to have a profit, obviously, to survive. I mean, you're not going to be in business if you don't have money to to keep the doors open and the lights on. Um, That being said, I mean, your work um, is all about excelling. Mm -hmm. I mean, not just getting by. And one of the programs that we uh, did, we did a webinar not too long ago, um, you know, a 20 or a a 90-day challenge. you know, looking at a couple of different things, one of which was mindset. Yes. And I had made a distinction between the mindset of an amateur and the mindset of a, uh, mm-hmm. of a pro. And one part of that distinction is, you know, an amateur will do just enough to get by. They'll do just enough so they don't look foolish. They do just enough so that you know, people will just kind of go, well, okay, great. That's fine. That's good enough. And good enough is not what you settle for. Um, most people will settle for good enough, but that's not what you settle for. Um, you wrote a book called Be a Pro, Your Blueprint to Professional Level Achievement. And the way that I look at a pro is it's somebody that will do whatever it takes to get where they say that they would like to be. Mm-hmm. And not just do whatever it takes when something comes up situationally, but do whatever it takes day in and day out 60, you know, or 24 hours a day, 60 minutes an hour. I mean, I mean, all yep. of that stuff. Let's talk a little bit about how you got that, because just getting to the pros wasn't good enough for you. And I know, and I know your story. We've had this conversation yeah. a little bit. I mean, when you, when you got that ticket, yeah, being in the pros, it's kind of like a lot of people would just kind of go, shoot, made it. That's not what you did. Yeah, that and that, that's actually a, a kind of a fundamental piece of the difference between an amateur and a pro. In my seminars, I kind of frame that to say that um, amateurs celebrate achieving the goal. Pros know that the initial achievement is just the beginning. And one of the things I realized really quickly into my NFL career was that my my big goal that I'd set when I was a kid to play in the NFL um, was really misguided. Because ultimately, the goal was not just to get there, not just to sign a contract and get there, but the goal was to stay there and operate in the dream and in the goal and have a career. And, you know, as you know, the story goes on my very first day with the 49ers in minicamp right after the draft, I had a really bad session. I thought I'd blown it. And one of my coaches came up to me and we had a short conversation and he essentially said, look, you got to understand that you're not an amateur anymore. You're in the pros. He said, we thought you were a good player in college. You were good enough to get here, but you need to understand that what got you here won't keep you here. So if you want to stay here, you got to take everything to another level. You need to learn how to be a pro. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that phrase, but I felt like as soon as he said it, I knew exactly what he meant. I needed to be my very best. In that moment, I was going to need to learn how to how to train and study and prepare, take it seriously. He said, 
guys are getting paid a lot of money at this level. And again, if you want to stay here, you got to take everything to another level. And so that was really kind of the, the beginning of this, this whole concept of be a pro took me a number of years to, to flesh it out and, and make a program out of it, make a platform out of it. But that's really the genesis of it was my very first day with the 49ers. One of my coaches said that to me. And, and I realized in that moment, yeah, if I want to stay here, I I'm in the pros, I got to be a pro. Yeah. Now, I, I, boy, what a gift, truly. I mean, what a gift. Uh, learn how to be a pro. I mean, that, I mean, folks, if you're listening to this, I really want you to take that to heart. I mean, yeah. In your life, have you learned how to be a pro in your life? Uh, now, you know, and Jimmy and I are talking about, you know, this from a professional sports perspective, uh, but it's transferable across all domains. Um, yeah, I cannot tell you that. I mean, if, if I'm a, uh, a short order cook, I, yeah, I want to learn how to be a pro. That's right. Because if I can learn how to be a pro as a short order cook, that's going to translate into me learning how to be a pro running my own business at some point in time. Now, you, you mentioned that you uh, develop kind of a, a programmatic approach to this. I mean, you know, to learn how to be a pro, you got to have a system in place, I'm that's assuming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me through all my years as a pro athlete, everything that I learned, everything that I did to get to that point, And then everything I've learned from a lot of high level business people that I've worked with in the 10 years or so since I've been retired, put all that together and kind of distilled it down into what I think are really the, the three key pillars of that. And it just so happens to uh, be an acronym pro as an acronym stands for prepared, reliable, and obsessed. And so when I teach on this philosophy on how to be a pro, uh, I talk about the skill of preparing, of being prepared, the skill of being reliable and the skill of being obsessed, just meaning that whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're, that you're trying to get better at, whatever it is you're devoting your time to how to be all in on that, to do the things that are going to be required for you to be your best. And I'm always very careful about using the word your, not the best, but your best. I think that's what's important is, is what's the best that you can be. Forget comparing yourself or your business or your relationship or what have you to anybody else or what anybody else is doing. What's the best that you can be and being obsessed about becoming the best version of yourself. And so being a pro means to be prepared, right? It means to have clarity around what it is that we're doing in a business sense. What's our product? Who are we serving? What are we doing? Who do we need to be? Or what does our product need to be in order to serve them? To be reliable means not only to show up, but to show up your very best to provide excellent service, not just provide service, but excellent service, excellent customer service, excellent products. And then again, obsession. How can we be better? How can we make our product better? That's the people that are spending those late nights at the office, diving in, doing the research, seeing what they can do to make tweaks, to make their service or their product better. I just really feel like those are, are three key ingredients that I've seen from so many people that I've worked with. And, um, you know, I, sometimes I stop just short of saying, if you're not doing those things, then I don't think you're taking your business or again, your relationship or your health and fitness journey or whatever you want to apply it to. I don't think you're taking it as seriously as you could. And you're not operating on that level of a pro. 
and, and th that whole idea of taking it seriously. Uh, you know, I uh, just recently had a conversation with Meta World Peace. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the, and I love this guy. He's, yeah, uh, on a show that we do for Bloomberg TV. Uh, he was one of the guests and I was interviewing him. And uh, he, yeah, this is an interesting stat because yeah, he's actually turned into quite the successful you know, entrepreneur. He's got his fingers in a lot of different pies. Yeah. And he, you know, in, oh, I forget the years here, but two years, consecutive years, uh, he stole 271 passes, okay? I mean, he, yeah, Jordan, yeah, MJ held the record uh, for a while, uh, but Meta World Peace, you know, had 271 steals two years consecutively. And you don't get to do that unless you're paying attention. That's right. And this is, you know, kind of the, you know, the point that I made with him was, with that kind of preparation, you begin to notice things and you, you start making distinctions uh, that an amateur doesn't make. And it's, you know, opportunity is everywhere, but you're not going to see them unless you're prepared. And yes, when I mentioned this to, to Meta, I mean, it, was, it was really kind of interesting because he hadn't connected those dots, you know, about his ability to, you know, actually, you know, have that record. 271 steals in a season, that's a big deal at the pro level. And to do it two years consecutively, yeah, I mean, it's kind of nobody does that. And nobody has done that since. He's able to translate that into his business success right now because he's actually doing what you just talked about, that preparedness. And, and he's taken it to the next level here. And he's noticing opportunities when they present himself because he didn't consider himself a businessman when he left the game sure. and into business. You're doing the same thing. Yeah, and this is what I'm. You know, was excited to have you on the show uh, for, is because this is what you're. Yeah, you know, you're actually talking to people about. Yeah, you know, how do you get this thing? Yeah, you know, from a pro mindset to begin to look at where the opportunities are, not just kind of doing enough just to get by. Well, it, it, you know, so you, it's, it's, you 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 touch on so many amazing things. You know what? So many people from the outside looking in will call. Uh, you know, just intuition, for instance, you're talking about in, in sports, man, the yes. guy's just got great anticipation or he's just got great intuition. You know, the one of the famous Wayne Gretzky quotes where he said, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where it's going to be right. Anticipating where the puck is going to be. That doesn't just happen. Wayne Gretzky could anticipate where the puck was going to be because of an insane level of preparation because he watched the film, because he understood the players, he understood the game. And so of course, any leader in business, one of the jobs of a, of a top level CEO is to anticipate where the market's going to be, where the business will be in three to five years to set a vision around that and then lead the company to that vision. Right? So the preparation aspect of it is, is so huge. Um, but again, in order to, to, to do the things, this is, this is what you and I have talked about before. In order to do the things necessary, everybody always wants to talk about, well, what do I need to do to take my business to the next level? What do I need to do to, you fill in the blank. Well, the doing starts with having the right mindset, the mindset that allows you to do those things. Because if, if I said to somebody, they were like, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. I want to get in shape and lose 30 pounds. And I said, okay, well, Here's what that's going to take. If they're not the type of person that has the, the mindset, 
the discipline, the commitment, the focus, the determination to do those things, I could hand them the best plan in the world to lose the 30 pounds and get in shape. But if they don't have the mindset, they're not going to take the action. They're not going to incorporate the behavior necessary, right? So to your point, talking about mindset, that's really where it, where it starts. And that's kind of the genesis of that idea of the pro mindset. I'm, I'm trying to get people in a certain mindset first that will allow them to then execute on the things that are going to be necessary to get the result that they're looking for. I, I love that. I mean, here's what, I mean, guys, I'm, I'm, I want you to really hear what, what Jimmy just said here. You can have a template in front of you, but if your mindset isn't set up for it, you're not going to execute on that template. I mean, and I cannot tell you how many times I've worked with executives where here's, here's how you actually go about navigating this disruption in your, you know, in yep. your business model or disruption in the market. The mindset wasn't there. And as a consequence, they weren't able to actually pull the levers and, and uh, you know, move things in the position that they needed to be moved in, including themselves. Um, as you, you know, what got you here won't get you there. You got into the pro game. How do I stay in the pro game? Okay, and you were you know, in, in the uh, in, in the game for six, six seven years. Yeah. Um, so you you know you had some longevity here. I mean, that's a pretty good career yeah. you know, <laughs> in, in uh, the NFL. What did you notice yourself in terms of what you needed to do to keep yourself there? Because I've got to imagine year one was different from year four in terms of what you found yourself needing to do. And this probably had some stuff to do with your body. You know yep. I mean, just in terms of, yeah, as a wide receiver, you got pop, you know, popped a couple of times, I'm sure. So how do you, how do you begin to recalibrate? And yeah, and excuse the, 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 uh, preamble on this but you know trevor moad uh, you know was relating a story uh, about some work he did with uh, vince carter uh okay. pro ball uh, pro ball player and he said at my age and he was 38 at the time in order for me to stay in this game i had to really reevaluate and what it would take for me to be in this game at 38 was not the same as it was when i came in the game at 21 mm -hmm. or 19 i think yeah you know, in his case those of us that are in business, you know, we think that once we got it, you know, kind of dialed in, we just coast. Yeah. That's not what you're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, learn how to be a pro. What's, what's a pro do different than yeah. somebody other than that would do to keep yeah. themselves in the game at that level? So, so kind of to touch on the first part of it, what I did in the beginning of my career, when I realized I got to. I got to learn how to be a pro if I want to stay here was a concept that's well known. Um, everybody, as soon as I say it, everybody's going to say, oh yeah, I've heard of that. Um, simple concept called modeling excellence, right? I found oh, yeah, I've guy, heard of that. right, right. It's one of those things. Everybody knows so few people actually do or incorporate it. Right. But I found a guy in my locker room, a guy by the name of Terrell Owens, who's now in the hall of fame. He was yeah. at the time, the best wide receiver in the NFL and he was three lockers down from me. And I made the calculation that the fastest way that I could get better was to do everything exactly the way he did it to the best of my ability, because if he was the best and if I could do everything he did exactly the way he did it, or as close as I could possibly do it to the way he did, it, I've got to get better. Right. I mean, that was just a simple calculation. That's something that I teach 
um, business leaders all the time. Find somebody in your industry that's better than you at what it is that you're doing and model their actions. It's the old Jim Rohn success leaves clues. Yep. And so I mastered modeling. I truly did. My first three, four years in the league, every team that I was on, I, I, I had a couple guys that I said, I, I want to model this guy's actions and his behaviors. And then I started to, to find excellence for myself and moved from a mindset of competition and, and competing and trying to, to, to be like other guys or beat out other guys, which I was in a competitive business, right? I mean, you're talking about pro sports. It's as competitive as it comes. But when I made the shift that said, you know what? What's going to make the difference for me now later in my career is figuring out how I can be the best version of me, how I can be my best. What do I need to do regardless of what anybody else is doing, what I'm seeing, maybe some of the younger guys up and coming that are nipping at my tail, what they're doing or um, what some of my teammates are doing. What do I need to do? And that was continue learning, continue growing, continue to improve at that time, my strength, my speed, my skills. So it was a, it was a mindset of consistent, continuous growth. You know, you mentioned that a lot of times in business, we get things going and, and the money's coming in and everything's rolling. And so we think we're on cruise control. We think it's on autopilot. And so we shut off that part of our mindset that says, no, 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 we need to continue to, to learn and grow and improve and evolve and get better. And that was really the shift for me was like, all right, let's stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Focus on me and how I can continue to improve, grow, evolve, be better and become the best player that I can be. You know, we're going to take a real quick break here, Jimmy. Uh, when we come back, I want to unbundle that a little bit more. I mean, you did a great job of kind of setting this up, but there's a distinction sure. between you know, being a competitive mindset and a creative mindset. Yes, yes. And that yeah, that move. I wanna I wanna explore that with you because that's a really rich vein. I think there's some good yes. good gold in here. So, folks, talking to Jimmy Ferris, uh, Super Bowl champion. We will be back in just a minute. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the leadership mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Blaine Bartlett on the Solar Business with Blaine Bartlett. My guest today, Jimmy Ferris. Uh, Jimmy, before we took this break, um, you had made some very interesting, uh, for me anyway, uh, comments about yeah, modeling and, and the, you know, modeling excellence and using an exemplar of, of a, uh, you know, Darrell Owens is an example here, yeah. best in the league. How can I model what he's doing? So there's a competitive dynamic in place there when you're using an external source as a way to up your, up your game. You recognized at some point, though, in your own in your own journey, that modeling somebody else wasn't going to get you either where you wanted to go and or the satisfaction that came with that journey. Uh, what was the what was the trigger point there? Well, I think you know what you're talking about is that idea that that we touched on before the break of moving, making the transition from a mindset of competition to a mindset of creation. And what I realized was that for so long, I'm talking about all the way back to high school and college. And then when I first got into pros, I was, I was doing a couple of things. Number one, I was trying to prove people wrong. And that was, that was my motivation because I'd been an underdog pretty much my whole career. You know, I only had one scholarship offer to college. I went undrafted to the NFL. So it was always this chip on my shoulder. Like, I'm going to prove you guys wrong for not scholarship in me or not drafting me or whatever. And that motivation worked for me for a long time. That chip on my shoulder gave me an edge and it worked for me. I found myself three or four years into my NFL career, not being motivated by that anymore, not being motivated by trying to beat out this guy on my team for one of the five or six receiver spots. I, I found myself thinking, man, I really like this guy and care about him. I hope he makes the team, you know, even if it's at my expense, if they think he's better than no problem, you know, I, I just didn't have any competition. Uh, I didn't have a chip on my shoulder anymore. And so I wasn't motivated by that. And what began to motivate me was, was really to, to, look in the mirror and, and say, how great can you be? How, how good can you be? You, you were doubted for so long. You made it. You're here now. You've been here. How much better can you be? How high can you take it? And that became the motivation, which, which to put it in those terms, the motivation became, what can I create? How, how much greatness in this career and in my life, can I create regardless of what anybody else is doing, not in comparison to anybody else. I'm trying to create the best version of me as a player and as a person. And I wanted to explore that. And that became the motivation. You know, I, I love this because every one of us, I'm going to you know, just do a little riff here. Then I'm going to circle back and bring you back in on this one. Um, yeah, one of my best friends, uh, a mentor of mine, uh, just recently died, a fellow by the name of Bob Proctor. Mm -hmm. uh, I've known Bob for years. Uh, we had done programs together. We had worked together. Um, and he truly was a mentor of mine. And uh, in, in, I, I was asked to give a, a, a small little testimonial slash eulogy uh, in memoriam um, when we were back in Toronto with the uh, private family ceremony. Um, and one of the things that I said there with that kind of as the backdrop was that Bob Proctor was an idea. Mm. Bob Proctor was an idea. 
And it was an idea that Bob Proctor curated, that he nourished, that he took care of. And that idea was to be this incredible presence that delivered this immense message into the world stage. He had an idea for the business to be operating in a, you know, every country in the yeah. world. And he achieved that. But the important piece here was that he was an idea. Every single one of us is an idea. You're an idea and I'm an idea. And where we go to is I look in the mirror and I love that, you know, the way that you position that when I look at that picture of me looking back at me, that's an idea. Is it fully formed? Is it everything that. that it can be? That's a creative position to take. It's not in reference to anybody else. That's right. I am an idea. Am I the best I, you know, best representation of the idea of Blaine Bartlett, the best representation of the idea of Jimmy Ferris yes. that I could possibly be? And then when I'm gone, and this is how I closed off my eulogy to Bob, was I'm, I, I mourn the loss of the form that was Bob Proctor, but the idea of Bob Proctor stays with me. Oh, yes. That's the legacy. The idea of Jimmy Ferris is an exemplar of what a pro is. I mean, I'm just putting words in your yeah, mouth here. Sure. <laughs> but no, that I, listen, I, I think this is it truly. Um, I think this is one of the, the greatest shifts that any of us as humans can make because, you know, when you talk about happiness, sadness, unhappiness, sadness, depression, anxiety, all these different things that are, that are truly problems for so many people in the world today. How much of that stems from comparisons to other people and focusing on what they have and what we don't have and what we have versus what somebody else has. And this comparison mindset that puts us in a competitive mode where it's like, well, if somebody has more money than me, they're beating me. I'm losing that competition. And it, what's silly about that, Blaine, is that there's people that, that are billionaires. They're worth $1 billion. And if you, if you put this little, this little concept called relativity into play, um, relative to me or you, is that person rich? Absolutely. Relative to Jeff Bezos, are they rich? One billion compared to Bezos, 170 mil, billion, two, 200 billion? No. So there's always going to be somebody beating you if that's the standard by which you're, somebody's always going to have a nicer car, a bigger house or whatever. So when we make the shift that says, well, what's the, what's the greatest thing? I love your, your point, this idea. How can I craft this idea and mold this into to, to the greatest that it can be? Not settling for good enough. What's the greatest that I can be, that I can achieve, that I can become? And focus on that. I, I think that is one of the most, the most incredible shifts in mindset that we can make is to, is to focus on what we can create, the life that we can create, the relationships we can create, and the happiness that we can create, and the fulfillment that we can create for us, not compared to anybody else. I love that. Yeah, comparison's a great way, you know, great place to start. Sometimes, I mean, that's certainly sure. how you got started. It's exactly. how I got. But it is a horrible place to live. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the idea of competition is, is, is predicated on a mindset of scarcity. And you mentioned this. There's a winner. There's a loser. There's not enough. You know, I've got to get mine. That you know, whole mindset of scarcity 
the universe is unbelievably abundant. And if I'm looking at you know, creating this idea of me, this idea of my business being all that it can be, it's a, that's an abundance mindset. It doesn't have to do with anybody else. It doesn't have to do with taking from anybody else. It's just me developing, generating, growing into that ideal. Well, as, as, as Bob Proctor said, um, the reservoir is infinitely deep. There, there is enough to go around for everybody. I, I can be winning and so can you. And so can all the other people in our space. Like we don't have to hope that our book sells more than some other guys so we can get ours. Like there's enough for everybody to sell as many books as they want and, and do as many programs as they want and get hired for as many keynotes as they want. And we can still do our thing. You know, it's... I. And I'll be honest, like that, it took me a while to get to that place, you know, because yeah. I came from an industry where there was only so many spots on a team. There was only five or six spots for a receiver. There was only 53 roster spots. So that analogy didn't really apply to say, oh, there's enough for everybody. There wasn't. <laughs> and okay. so when I retired and I, and I got into business for myself and I still had that mindset, like, man, if this guy gets hired to do this speech and that's taking something out of my pocket it, and it's not, you know, and I, I had to make that shift in, in my personal life and in my business life as well. Yeah. And that's literally how this works. And even yeah, in the pro sports, I mean, I'm you know, Lee Steinberg, Lee Steinberg agency, yeah. my good friend, um, uh, David Meltzer, uh, who ran uh, Lee's agency as, as the CEO for years. Um, they, they built into everything that they did with the athletes that they, uh, that they served as agents and, and, and from the marketing perspective as well, that it is an abundant universe. And, and if you're going to sign with us, you need to find a way to start giving mm -hmm. as part of the way that you work with us. Yeah. And that giving comes from a mindset of it's abundant. It will always come back. You give, it comes back. There's a reciprocity leaving others with an experience of increase. And that's one of the things that you talk about in, yeah. in, in your book. Yeah, How do you it, leave people experience of increase? They're better because they're with you. Yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that up because that that is something that's just really true to my heart. I, I, I finished the book with that, that concept of what I call, and I, it's certainly not my term. I didn't make it up. I, I've heard it used before, but the shift from success to significance right? The idea of success focusing on what can I get when significance asks, what can I give what type of impact? Can I make what type of contribution can I make? And at the end of the day, I, I feel like that's why we do all of this, right? That's why we, we push so hard to become the best version of ourselves to, to make the money and to, um, to do the things from a business perspective so that we are able to have the type of impact that we want to have to make the contribution that we want to make. I, I used a little analogy about the, the flight attendant saying, you know, in case of a, an emergency or a loss of cabin pressure, put on your mask first. And the reason for that is so that you are able to help others in their time of need to make that contribution and that impact. And and that's why we're doing this, Blaine. That's why we're we're out here doing this work and and trying to be better ourselves every day. It's not selfishly for us. It's not so I can drive a nicer car or live in a bigger house. Sure, I, I like those things. I love nice cars. I love nice houses. I I love to fly first class. But at the end of the day, I want to build something that allows me that 
helps me be able to make a bigger impact, a greater contribution and serve more people. And um, at the end of the day, that's, that's really the, the focus is to be significant, not successful. I've been successful in my life. It wasn't enough for me. It, it, yeah. it, to, to have success and say, I got this money, I got these cars, I got this Super Bowl ring. It wasn't enough. Significance is where fulfillment is. Folks, we've been listening to Jimmy Ferris. Um, I want you to get his book. Uh, it's, an, it's a fun read. Uh, and uh, there is an incredible wealth of information in there. I mean, there's 33 uh, key lessons and we didn't go into <laughs> any, any depth with those things, but there are, and there's a template there. And yeah, like Jimmy was saying, yeah, the mindset has to be right in order for you to utilize the template. And the book is Be a Pro, Your Blueprint to Professional Level Achievement. Jimmy, where can people find out more about you? I mean, if, to bring you in as a speaker, uh, you do keynotes. You're also a performance coach. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so so best place to get me if, if you want to have a conversation um, in terms of um, bring them in for speaking or any type of work, coaching, speaking, training, Jimmy at JimmyFerris.com. Very easy to remember. That's that's my best email. Um, otherwise, you can find me on all social media. I'm just uh, at Jimmy Ferris or backslash Jimmy Ferris. Website's obviously JimmyFerris.com. Uh, so I'm pretty active on social media. Shoot me a message, a DM, a private message, or an email. Um, you know, I think it goes without saying, and I, and I know I speak for you on this. We, we love what we do. I, I truly love truly love what I do. And so I love the conversation. So I always encourage people, send me a message, questions, comments. I love to engage in the conversation because I, I, I truly love what I do. I don't feel like I work. I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life uh, since I retired from football. And so, and I wasn't working then either. I was playing a kid's game for a lot of money. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Jimmy Ferris, and that's uh, F-A-R-R-I-S. Yeah, so JimmyFerris.com. Jimmy, I've loved having you on the show. I greatly appreciate you and who you are and what you bring into the table. I really likewise, do. likewise, Blaine. Thank you so much. You have learned how to be a pro. There's no question in my mind about that. You're doing you're doing good work, my friend. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Been listening to Blaine Bartlett. I am uh, your host on the Solo Business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, you can go to my website, blainebartlett.com, and you will find out uh, more about what I'm up to right now. We've got some uh, some interesting things come up. I just finished filming uh, the second uh, season of Office Hours on Bloomberg TV, so watch for that coming up soon. Um, and I've got an, an announcement. We may be having an Apple TV show come up uh, a little bit later this uh, this year, so I'll keep um, keep you more informed about that as uh, as we get closer to that. So. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.